Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Pocket Now Weekly Podcast. I'm your host, Joshua Vergara. What's going on, everybody? We have a new guest on the show uh, and on this episode that had to come out a little bit later so we could finally talk about certain things. You know what I'm talking about. We have Mark Linsangin of previous Techno Buffalo work and then The Verge and now doing his own stuff. He's one of our favorite creators on YouTube. Makes some really awesome stuff. I mean, we talk about how his workflow here in my office just kind of taught me a thing or two and actually made me envious about like a couple of items that he has. Anyway, Mark and I get into it talking about the Pixel 6 and the Pixel 6 Pro. And then we uh, sort of gush a little bit about the upcoming MacBooks. Spoiler alert, I was saying in this episode that I don't know if I was going to get one. I am actually about to unbox one. In any case, that's a story for another day. Let's go ahead and get into this episode of the Pocket Now Weekly Podcast. Enjoy. There we go. First of all, Mark, welcome to the show. Cheers. Have you ever been on a Pocket Now show? I have not. Okay. Well, welcome. Thank you. <laughs> um, I, because of that, why don't we why don't we get you to like tell our listeners like your background, where we know you from, all of that. Feel free to take this time to plug anything. Sure. Yeah. <laughs> no. I mean, I've been through a lot of media outlets. I guess um, first at Techno Buffalo as like a video producer there. And then I worked at The Verge as their video director for two years. Now I'm doing my own personal YouTube channel. Yeah, and such great cinematography in all those videos, Thank by you. the way. I've literally gotten to watch you just like do... You came here, you know, so we're sitting in my office, which has a living area for us to do this kind of thing. Yep. And you're just using our tables here. One camera yep. and one light. One light, tiny light. <laughs> a tiny light. Blew my mind. I was just sitting here admiring the workflow. So Thank like, you. kudos, bro. Appreciate um, it. But yeah, this, what's funny about this episode is I did not, I normally try to record like Thursday, Friday, sure, get it out either over the weekend or on like break of dawn on Monday, but I had to push it back because we haven't been able to talk about the phones that are right in front of us at length. Yeah. We have a lot actually <laughs> <laughs> until nine o'clock this morning. And I'm being very forthcoming. Any listeners out there know I'm probably talking about the Pixel 6 embargo. That's All right. right. Let's go in and talk about these things. Because, like, Great. there's a lot to go through. Everyone's so damn excited for these. Um, I, I'm the only one in the room right now that has a regular 6. Uh, but we have 6 Pros all over. Yep. So any, like, thoughts you want to share on the Pixels, what your thoughts are so far? You've been B-rolling on them all day today. So, like... What, yeah. What, what, what are your thoughts? So, I mean, I loved the Pixel 5 from last year, and I thought it was the perfect size. Um, build quality-wise, it could have been better. This one feels definitely more premium. Mm -hmm. It's definitely their flagship. It costs way more than, you know, 800 bucks, as it should. It looks really premium, too. Um, the camera bar is a really nice take. It's so different from what we've seen the last few years. I don't know. I like the design overall. That camera bar, I could actually share something on the show, which actually, you know what? I think on the last one, I was able to share this as well. But um, during one of the interviews I did, and I'm not, I'm not really plugging this. I'm just saying I did interview some of the uh, product managers for a Pixel event. Uh, that camera bar apparently was inspired by a Google search bar. Huh. Which okay. I was like, I see where you're coming from with that, but the Google search bar is always white, so I don't really right. know. <laughs> Interesting. Yeah. So it's a. Uh, I think the bar is fine. Yeah. Um, there was a funny TikTok going around. Issa was Issa did her own take on that TikTok where um, they were people were like 
hanging the phone off their laptop screens. Yeah, I saw that. I saw that. <laughs> I didn't want to do that. Yeah, exactly. Isa did it. She did it on the M1 Mac over there that she's editing on right now. That's but it was funny. like, yeah, there's, there's, it's so significant. Whereas we had like the S21s and the Note right. 20s. Now yeah, we have this This is bar. pretty big. Yeah. Um, I don't know, man. There's something about this design that just makes it feel different from other phones. Like we've used a lot of flagships, right? S21 Ultra, Xiaomi, Huawei's. <laughs> yeah. But this one just feels different. Yeah. Uh, especially coming from Google, mm-hmm. right? Uh, I feel like they've gotten worse, right? But then they, this is sort of their year to like come back strong. Mm-hmm. And I feel like they really did a good job here. Did you get caught up in like all the hype around the phone a little bit no. um, at all? No. Okay. I wasn't excited. I wasn't, I honestly wasn't excited until. I got the phone. I was like, wow, this is actually really nice. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So how about like, uh, cause we're going to get into the cameras obviously sure. in a little bit, but like the daily experience at large, like how would you characterize? Cause it does come down to Android 12. And it's interesting to say that because anyone with a pixel five will get to experience a lot of this stuff sure. as well. But in general, like the pixel six as a daily driver, how's it been for you? The pro, I mean, I've only gone, oh, yeah, the pro. To, yeah, the pro, the 120 Hertz, refresh rate the adaptive refresh rate is actually really nice really great battery life that's what i noticed um just because it can go all the way to 10 hertz up to 120 um i'm still not a fan of the slight curved display i don't know why yeah it's i almost find it interesting that that was what they chose for the display Sure. And it was sort of something they brushed off. Yeah. In a way, like they did say it's a waterfall display, which yeah. I actually have some like, I get a little bit of anxiety hearing waterfall display because on, I think it was a, was it a Vivo? The next, the NEX3? Oh, yeah. That was such, that was It's like much. all the way to the back, right? Yeah. That yeah. was too much. No. Uh, and so when you showed me the regular Pixel 6 mm-hmm. with its flat display, I was like, this is, I would have rather had that on the Mm -hmm. pro it does mean that there's a bit more bezel around the six but i'm okay with that fair um it's just more noticeable i guess sure more more noticeable less premium looking i guess but um i mean it looks good but i'm just not a fan Mm -hmm. so how about uh like software performance going through the interfaces Uh, and whatnot performance so far i've played a few games for a couple of hours actually really solid uh multitasking no issues whatsoever. Um, one thing I will say, the haptic motors mm-hmm. inside the Pixel 6 Pro, insane. Yeah, like, they are really nice. It's different. Mm-hmm. Like I've tried the S21 Ultra. I've tried, you know, other flagships that come out like the last couple of months, mm-hmm. like OnePlus. This feels more refined. It feels 40, okay. if that makes sense. Like every touch, it's like, there's a vibration motor all around the phone. Mm. So it's, it's like, like very meaty. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I, I agree with you there. I will say on the 6, it feels actually different from that. Oh, really? Um, and apparently, and I didn't know this until I watched the, because so many videos came out this morning, but a couple of people were talking about haptic engines between the two phones. And apparently on the 6, the haptic engine, the actual hardware of the engine is the same, but it's on a different location on the phone. So whereas on the 6 Pro, it's around where your hands fall, Sure. on the 6, it's actually higher up on the phone. So okay. the resonance is different. It just doesn't feel quite as meaty as it does on the Pro. 
so you you're saying that the six is less I don't know satisfying I guess yeah less satisfying yeah a okay. little bit so apparently it's on the top half of the phone not or or bottom. even even very far up on the phone but like yeah apparently it's not where it's not in the same place as on the pro right and it's so funny it's it's really with pixels and I want to say iPhones I mean iPhones obviously have. Apple puts haptic engines and everything. Sure. And, you know, I'm wearing a watch right of now course. and we have the rotating crown. Yep. But it wasn't until like the Pixel, I want to say 4XL. Yeah. At the time it was called XL, right? Um, where yeah, people XL were talking about how good the haptics engine was. I never paid attention to that. I was just like, oh, vibrates. I've never paid attention to any of the haptic motors on Android phones until I think 3D Touch was a thing on iPhone. Mm. And then I sort of like, you know, tested a lot of Android phones that I had back then. And I was like, wow, night and day. Yeah. So it sounds like Tensor is doing a pretty good job for you so far. So far, so good. Um, no hiccups. I don't know how it compares to Snapdragon, though. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't know if you had any comparisons or... I have a game benching application that unfortunately okay. I haven't opened yet. Sure. My only... What games do you play? So I like playing... Call of Duty Mobile. Okay. Asphalt 9. And then Thunder E actually told me to play Genshin Impact. Yeah. Genshin's always so the one that people ask. Apparently, yeah. So Genshin Impact is super popular. So I still need to try that out. Okay. But early reviews from Thunder, he was like, it's not as good. Mm-hmm. Um, maybe it's because it's not optimized yet. Sure. So I feel that way as well because I have sort of like a fact sheet. Sure. Uh, for Tensor that was given by HQ. And it has a, it has all of these stats that make a lot of sense for what Google wants to do. And it seems like Google is just making sure that it also does this. It also does gaming. It also does interface. So really Tensor with its 20 GPU cores and sure. all of this stuff, like these numbers are great, but that's all for processing your photos and videos. It's, it's So you're saying it's more of like a balanced processor rather than like the fastest and beefiest processor. I would say so. Because okay. even if it sounds like it is, its focus, for lack right. of a better term, its focus is elsewhere. It just so happens that they can cater some of that hardware towards the other systems, the other tasks that we want to do. Fair. And with that in mind, though, I think it's doing pretty well. Yeah. Um, anecdotally, since you're not really into Genshin yet, but on Genshin, which, by the way, is also a PS5 and a PC game. Insane. Right? <laughs> um I am able to get around because in when you play games on there, you can actually open up a dashboard. You yep. have a FPS counter, which yeah. I feel like is a first for Android. Um, That's new with Android 12? I think so. Right? I yeah, I remember I using that. it before. Yeah. So if, the, if Genshin on Android tops out at 60 frames per second, I was getting a pretty even like 45. Wow. Like average. But like for a phone that's like a PS5 PC game too, yeah, yeah, that's not bad. It's not bad, but I will say on let's say a Red Magic or sure. a Black Shark, yeah, it's like fifty-five. You know, of course. It's, so I think there's a certain hierarchy involved here. Gaming phones, they're gaming phones. Yeah, that's just what they are. But this is this not is that. not a gaming phone. Mm-hmm. So with that in mind. Um, Let's talk about these cameras. Perfect. Love it. All right. Let's get into it. Um, How has your experience been with the camera so far? Okay. So I was really skeptical for its specs. On paper, it's got, what, a 50 megapixel main sensor, 48 megapixel tele, and a 12 megapixel ultrawide? 
I believe it is 12, yes. Yeah. You know, it, what they always say is like, the higher megapixel count doesn't always mean better photos. Of course. Always the sensor, sensor size, and in my opinion, how it processes these photos. Um, I noticed, I've always liked how Google processes their photos. It can be a little over sharpened here and there, mm -hmm. but I think they're doing it right. Mm -hmm. um, I know they, I guess they put a big emphasis on their, um, what, what's a good word for it? Um, multicultural. Um, inclusive. Inclusive. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> camera system. Um, I noticed that, right? Uh, skin tones are way better. Um, auto white balance, in my opinion, is been way better, like way more improved than the Pixel 5. Mm -hmm. um, image clarity is honestly perfect, in my opinion. Mm -hmm. But I still prefer like a less contrasty look because I like to edit my photos. Oh, okay, yeah. Right, and so I've been using iPhone 13 Pro, Pro Raw. Mm -hmm. And with those photos, it's tend to usually be a little bit more flatter. Mm-hmm. Right, uh, I notice with the Pixel Six Pro, even if you're shooting raw, it's still a little bit contrasty, mm -hmm. which I feel like is 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 a characterization a lot of our fellow tech pundits sure. make. Because as much as we can agree that on a detail and quality standpoint, the iPhones do a pretty impeccable job, right? I know people like like our good buddy Immel, uh, David sure. Immel. He also says like you know sometimes contrast has a place. It does. Um, and that's why people like me and him perhaps would like gravitate towards pixels mm -hmm. or even galaxy phones, yeah. Samsung's, um, a little bit more, mm -hmm. but I, I get where you're coming from with that. Um, and, but the thing is when it comes to photos, pixels, we know they're going to make yeah, so, great photos. Right. And so what I think what's the pixel six pro is really good at, it's a straight point and shoot camera. Mm -hmm. You can literally just point shoot upload. And your photos will look amazing. You don't need to edit it or anything. But if you want to take it to the next step and really edit them, you might find it a little hard mm -hmm. sometimes. Do you ever do you ever butt heads with anybody that's not, let's say us, sure. who have this breadth of knowledge and are saying like, because everything you're saying completely like valid. I yeah. totally get where that's coming from. You prefer editing your photos so that, if you wanted that contrast, you'd put it in yourself. Oh yeah, but, absolutely. But this workflow in our brains, have mm -hmm. you ever butted heads with anybody that like is just much more, let's say casual? Oh yeah, no, absolutely. <laughs> but they're always curious. Sure. Right. They're like, how do you, okay. So the question that I get a lot is like, you took that with your phone. Yeah. And I'm like, yeah, it's cause I edited it. Right. Uh -huh. It's not just like I'm shooting and then uploading it. I would go through two different apps or maybe three at times. Mm -hmm and color it, add subtle effects on it, and then upload it to Twitter or Instagram. Mm -hmm. That's usually my process. And so people are often confused, like, that can't be through a phone. Like, there's no way. But you can. Give me a three-year-old, four-year-old phone. I'm sure I can make it look good as long as you take time to edit it. True. But with these new phones, it's like, you don't really need to do that as much. Only if you want to. Yeah. So. That's like... That 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 does sound like what Google's been doing with their software for years, though, right? Yeah, like, <laughs> exactly. You know, we have these like twelve megapixel sensors, mm -hmm. and then the software has to make up for it all over yep. the place. Um, yep. But now, because I've been seeing a few people saying that even though the hardware's been updated, you still can't kind of get away from this 
this Google look, this pixel there look. There is this pixel look. Yeah. There is. It's, I, for me, I think the pixel look is like sharp, very detailed, and um, I wouldn't say bright, just normal, balanced mm-hmm. look. Uh, Galaxy phone saturated. saturated. Yeah. A little warm sometimes, to be honest. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then iPhones, less contrasty and just balanced. Mm-hmm. Right. I am. Oh, oh, six o'clock. That's why. Uh, I was like, <laughs> what? It's six o'clock. The, the, the girl light. I have. So uh, for, <laughs> for anybody that might be curious, um, we're sitting in the living area that Issa and I renovated for my office, which includes a couple of real plants, which is Amazing. rare. A rare for a tech office. Is that a have. snake plant? This one's a snake plant. Wow, this beautiful. one's a ZZ plant, which I'm. This is completely new to me. I've never known what a ZZ plant is, but apparently it has the same low maintenance as a, as a snake plant. Love it. Yeah, that's all you need. I put a grow light above it that is set from nine a.m. to six p.m. It is now six p.m., which usually for me and Issa means it's time to go home. <laughs> Smart. <laughs> but honestly. we do have uh, we do have just this podcast to do anyway. We'll come back to it. Um, how about video though? Video, I haven't played too much. Oh, really? Okay, but. Uh, like a few of the shots that I've taken, it's still very much an Android phone. Okay. I don't know how to explain it. There's something about how they process videos Mm -hmm. differently than iPhones. Because I think iPhones is mobile standard for video. I do. I will say that as as excited as I was in my real world camera test about what I saw coming out of the video, it doesn't change the fact that the iPhones are pretty much the go-to. Right. Yeah. Whether you're shooting in cinematic mode or just regular 4K. Yes. I think the way that they process those videos and I think just the stability of like their codecs, in my opinion, are way better than whatever you're shooting with on Android. Yeah. Um, I'm going to have a lot of explaining to do in my <laughs> in my upcoming videos as to like, because we're allowed to have a certain level of excitement. Yeah in the moment and also know why it may not be the absolute best out there or anything like that. I feel like a lot of people had this level of hype coming into the pixels that if it doesn't match it perfectly, then it's an immediate failure. It's not. It's not. It absolutely is not. Um, I don't think many people have had that hardline stance, but I just get this feeling that if someone says they're disappointed in the pixels, it might be less to do with the pixels actually failing and more about how high your expectations right. were. Like, don't get me wrong. The cameras are not terrible. Yeah. The video capability is not terrible. Yeah. But I just, it's not my first choice. Exactly. But it's now, it, I guess my point I was making in my video was now it is a choice. It is. It's never been. The, the Pixel Never. 5, nope. I don't like the video coming out of it. I still do think the wide angle needs some work on this one. Um, it still is the... Uh-huh. Oh, and the front-facing camera, yeah. Like, literally, from a spec standpoint, the front-facing camera is the most underpowered, so I expect yeah, that. Yeah, I, I agree. Expect that. I feel like that's true to almost any Android phone, though. Yeah. Right? I feel like there are frame rate issues sometimes, too, mm-hmm. uh, when recording videos with the front-facing camera. I mm-hmm. don't know why. Um, but their back cameras have definitely gone way better. Especially the main sensor. And that, that was the point I was coming to, which is I can't fault the Pixel for falling into the same tropes that most other phones do, including the iPhone 13 Pro, which is if you want the best quality, it comes down to one sensor. Yep. 
Like, don't use the wide, don't use the zoom, don't use the front. Yeah, it's usually just the main sensor. Exactly. So I can't really fault. And the fact that the main sensor on the 6 Pro, or the 6, because they're the same, the fact that they are way better than the 5 ever was, I still got to give it massive points for that. Right. So I guess... Yeah, look at the wide and see how it's, like, not great. Sure, say that. But I have to still be excited that the main sensor is dope. Like, it's doing a great yeah, job. Yeah, didn't Google say it was, like, 150% more light <laughs> Something than like the that. Pixel 5? Yeah. Like, that's insane. But uh, it's it, thank you for saying that because I also remember, um, shouts out to Dave2D for also pointing out that even though Google said that, sometimes years and years of like resting on good software could also mean that no matter how good the hardware is, the software is just going to make everything look similar. Right. So he pointed out that the pictures don't seem to look massively better than last year, despite a better sensor. Sure. But it maybe comes down to the fact that Google's processing is hitting like it's coasting. Yeah. It's, (laughs) it's not on a trajectory where, you know, most typical smartphone, wants to be it's mm-hmm. like very streamlined yeah they know what they're doing they're you know don't fix whatever's not broken mm-hmm. right so they're just going to keep going at it um but what i would love to see are more features like more i know that they're you know here we'll, we'll yeah, talk about, about like say. <laughs> we'll talk about like magic eraser, eraser yeah. um so with the pixel 5 when that came out with the portrait lighting mm-hmm. i showed that to so many people and they were like wow yeah that's insane that you can change lighting uh, on a portrait photo. Insane. Uh, with Magic Eraser, I've tried it a few times, and oh, man, <laughs> that is a game changer, in my opinion. I think that a lot of people who do social media will end up at least trying it often. It may not be like the perfect tool, yeah. but they're going to use it as much as they can. Yeah, so what I'm going to say in my video is... Uh, Magic Eraser, you don't need a separate device anymore to use Photoshop. Yeah, yeah. Usually, I'll you know transfer a photo from my phone to my MacBook, mm-hmm. open up Photoshop, erase a few things here and there just to make it look cleaner. Here, it's like I, I could just do it all on my phone. Yeah. Edit on the phone, you know, erase some stuff from the photo and upload. Like, that's insane. Does it say something about me and, let's say, Issa, though, that... When we were using Magic Eraser, it was always on people. Mm-hmm. But meanwhile, he's just laughing because I've seen so many people use Magic Eraser to like remove stop signs. Re- yeah, and to remove, remove signs. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> we keep removing people. But you guys people. love removing people. I, hey, I, I get it. I get it. <laughs> yeah, yeah do for, it for Instagram the and all that. Yeah, because we know. Okay, for lack of a better way to put it, we know influencers, and they have. IG accounts where they say like tap to edit this photo and it's always removing people in the background. Yep, exactly. So they look like they're the only ones at Disneyland when clearly that's not the case. Never, um, ever, ever, ever. Um, but yeah, that was like, cause I took a selfie of my, of, of, um, with Issa in the background. Sure. And then we turned on magic eraser and I immediately just took her out of it. And I was like, well, that's crazy. So we kept looking for other people to remove. Yeah. That's nuts. <laughs> that's so crazy that you can just do it with a phone. Yeah. And it, and it's pretty fast. It's not like it's going to take a minute or two. It's like what? 10 seconds at most. Yeah. Do you think though that like, if you see, let's say one of our influencer friends, you know, they have a pixel or whatever, you can zoom in and you can kind of tell though. Oh yeah. You can tell. Definitely. Yeah. I've, I pixel peeped and it's not perfect. Yeah. But is content fill aware um, perfect though either? No, it's not. Yeah. It's not. Like so. I, I took a photo with my phone in New York uh, at the Oculus building. Yeah. You know, the famous 
photo spot. Obviously, there are a lot of people there. Yeah. And I took it to Photoshop and removed uh, as much as I can. And it's not perfect. Mm -hmm. So I, you know, I'm not going to fault Google for that. Yeah. Because it's, what, using AI, machine learning, and... And it's also the only people who would think about it are me and you. Exactly. Or or the person who made it. Exactly. They're not going to pixel peep. Yeah. I mean, even if they did, it's like, what are they going to do about it? Did you ever get over to, what's the other installation in New York since you were there? So the Oculus is one I should go to more, but there's, um, it looks like a, it looks like a transformer. Um, Frick, what's it called? Um, It's like the stairs, right? Yeah. There's like a bunch of stairs and it's like this big lattice. I'm trying to remember what it's called. I don't know what it's called, but I know what you're talking about. So I remember taking pictures there with one of our good friends, Ricky Villacrez, and um, he and I were there. And when he took a picture of me, I did go into Photoshop. Actually, was it Photoshop or Snapseed? I don't remember. But I put it in an app to remove someone who was standing maybe 10 feet away from me. Sure. So I've done it. And now, like you said, it's all here. All in one place. And like their editing tools are really nice, right? Um, I know they have like one or two more features, like the face unblur and then the motion capture one. I didn't see, maybe because the photos we took never were blurry exactly yeah so i never saw face on blur but i get it if you have kids though uh-huh. like my sister for example loved taking photos of her kids uh you know they're like two or three years old mm-hmm. always running around so if she wants to take a photo of them this might be helpful for her sure right? totally like i didn't really we don't have those kinds of subjects i know when isa goes home she'll probably take pictures of the dogs, dogs. And, yeah and just unblur the dogs more or less. <laughs> right. Yeah, and I'm curious with that because is it only for people or is it for dogs as well? Very good question. Right. Um, I'm trying to think of what else was there. The the, the inclusivity um, aspects to the cameras. Yep. Um, I am actually the lighter. I'm the fairer skinned in my family. Sure. Uh, it's It goes from fairest to darkest. It's my mom, me, my brother, my dad. Sure. So I took a bunch of pictures of my father and mother together like we were all out to eat. And it did a pretty good job, but that processing, again, like, it can sometimes feel a little too... It's almost like putting a filter upon a filter upon a filter. Yeah. Um, I still give it credit for, for working in that that type of scenario. Yeah. But, yeah, that was one thing I noticed. It's um, better. Um, mm-hmm. One thing I do like about the new 6, though, um, how much faster photos process versus the 5. Yeah. You can still catch it. You can still catch it, but, yeah. like, it's so much better, though. <laughs> I remember the five, I would just like shoot, go to the camera roll and I'm like, it's taking forever to process. It's so blurry. And then boom, like 10 seconds later. Yeah. Like a five, like especially on like a five a yes. Yeah, exactly. Um, I, I think my main takeaway, as I was saying in my video was that more so than any other pixel, I can actually put this phone in probably if I can, if I can cater the situation to be as good as possible, that would be ideal. And then go to the main sensor, use something like cinematic stabilization, cinematic pan. Even right here, I turned on the grow light that turned off a second ago. And I had a couple phones here and I just did like a cinematic pan like this. Right. And I was like, if you were to watch it on a 4K TV, you can tell it's not my actual camera. Yep. But it's still good. Right. Right. Um, I think it really just comes down to people like us understanding that the B-roll that you took of the phones earlier. Yeah is always going to be light years ahead. Of course. Of any phone. There's, yeah, I mean, it's, one, we're talking about completely different sensors, way bigger sensors, Mm -hmm. right? You also have different lenses, different apertures on those lenses. Yeah, absolutely. So. All right, well, uh, I do have one last thing about the pixels to bring up, but we're going to take a real quick break. 
One interesting aspect. I, I don't know if I'm going to open a can of worms by talking about this on the show, but... Just go for it. Just go for it. Just okay. go for it. I just wonder where the discussion could lead when we talk about... We've been in this industry for a while. A while, yep. We know how embargoes work. And oh yet, boy, here we go. <laughs> and yet there's this whole conversation that's been happening on the internet because now more than just people like us kind of see these embargoes happening in real time. Yeah. We haven't been able to say more than home screen slash design until nine o'clock this morning. Yeah. And that, how, how many days was that? Like almost a week? Almost a week, yeah. So almost a whole days. week has gone yeah. by where we could say so little about these phones and actually give very little about our opinions on these phones yep. up until this morning. I want to just hear your thoughts real quick on how the conversation had sure. gone on the internet, how to 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 sound campy news reportery like sure. how Twitter exploded when <laughs> I mean I think a lot of people have different opinions on this topic just yeah. cuz uh, you know, they have their own way of doing things and they want to be first always because that's sure. like the, that's the game. You you want to be first. Um, you don't want to be last. Mm-hmm. But sometimes it's okay to be last because your video will pop up, you know, first, mm-hmm. I guess, in some ways. Um, the whole dual embargo thing, not a fan, just because it's like you give us the phones and all we can talk about is what, the s- display, the screen, and that's it. Like, what are people going to learn from that? Yeah. You know? And while I get that, here's where, like, my nuance is sort of coming into it. Because at the end of the day, and I can't believe I just said that, but when you, the, the literally, hour, while, <laughs> literally. <laughs> literally, it's after 6 p.m., um, we, we might make videos on YouTube that are supposed to be informative, but intrinsically our content is also is also supposed to be entertaining enough yep. to garner views to start a conversation yep. and to have followings i think that's there's still a place for someone who even if they are one of let's say 50 other people who are just going to unbox the phone on camera there are still people out there who get enjoyment out of that even if the information is not largely different from other people that is true so I there's that aspect. But there's also this other aspect that I kept hearing people talk about where, now don't get me wrong, like I wish YouTube wasn't the way that it is in that a dual embargo forced many of us to just say, here's what's in the box, please give me views. <coughs> like I get that. I, I'm, I, it's less about what happened and more about the system that we're all in. Right. Um, the thing is, isn't there... I saw a lot of people saying, like, how are we supposed to make a buying decision based upon that? And, like, isn't that manipulative or anything like that? I get where they're coming from with it, but are we forgetting that in the tech world there's such a thing as a first adopter? Because even if they think that they can't buy a phone because we can't give them the info, the pre-order's still sold out. Also, one thing I got to add to that is... Google's been talking about this for months. True. Like, we've known a lot about these features for a while now. So it's like, if you really are interested in this phone, just read up on whatever they talked about before and just put things together. And like, mm-hmm. is this going to be good enough for me? Yeah. Right? I, I don't want to come at this from a, from, a, from a perspective of, like, lack of gratitude. Sure. The fact that people lean on our opinions so heavily is a very 
enviable place to be. I'm not I'm not being ignorant of that fact. Of course. We have nothing but gratitude for our listeners and viewers. It's just the way the conversation went was almost I've never seen this level of anger and vitriol over what is actually not a precedent. No. We have done this before. We like yeah. dual embargoes have been a thing. Oh yeah, no, totally. Yeah. I don't know why it's <clears throat> just now popping up again. Mm-hmm. I mean, it wasn't a big deal then, but I feel I feel like people are just so caught up in their feelings nowadays. But that... also, like the it, oh, you know what? You bring up a good point. Maybe there is like a certain era we're in right now. Yeah, where people are like, it's like just let us talk about it. Everything is visceral now, right? Yeah. Um, do you think that the hype train has a little bit to do with it? That people were so clamoring for this like phone that it that this just just wasn't the right move (laughs) um honestly i think if they didn't tease the phone as much Mm -hmm. this would be okay okay i really think so like i don't think people are gonna have problems with like dual embargoes if google didn't announce this phone like two months before it was actually announced right Mm -hmm. because i look back at other like hype machines i'll call them hype machines that Maybe I would say I agree with people if they were not happy with, with um, I, I keep thinking of one plus one. Okay. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Fair. You know, invite systems. I get that. That's that. That, that was is, a weird system, by the way. I. It was just unique. It, it I'll, was. I'll it say was. that mm-hmm. it was unique. Not weird. It was unique because, uh, they offered such a good phone for that little price at that time mm-hmm. that no one else was doing it. And everyone was like kind of panicking. Like other OEMs were like, what the heck? Yeah. But it generated all that hype, right? Yes. Like it made it feel exclusive. And in a funny way, that's kind of what nothing is doing right now with the earphones. Like they only are available through drops. It kind of blew my mind when I looked up the app um, early, like this week and the, the app only has like 10,000 downloads. Huh? Yeah. Very few. Like, so few people have nothing in ones right now. <laughs> Interesting. Um, but yeah, like the whole drop slash exclusivity culture, like I, I, and the hype culture, I get that. And I kept thinking, you know, maybe that's what Google was trying to do with this. Now, again, I sympathize with the person who will not make a buying a decision without having all the research first. Yes. And because of that, they waited for our videos to come out today. And yet the pre-orders are all sold out. I get how that conundrum is frustrating. And I empathize with that. Yeah. I just don't know if attacking, attacking is a strong word, but I just don't know if the conversation having such vitriol towards even creators was constructive, if it was really needed, or if maybe, I don't know, like it was a conflict. It was, I felt very conflicted right. seeing the conversation. Right. Um, <laughs> like I said, for me, I don't think it's a big deal in the you know bigger picture, but... I don't think we needed it. Mm-hmm. I don't think we really needed two embargoes. Yeah. Um, just do it the normal way. Um, it could have been just today, you mean? Yeah, it could have just been today. Mm-hmm. I agree like, with that. You know, I'm sure peop- a lot of people, not would not just Pixel phones, have other products that they've had for weeks or maybe months that they can't talk about. Mm-hmm. But at least they only have one embargo. Yeah. Right? I so. guess it, it might have been a weird dangling the carrot thing because if we got these devices, let's say a week and a half before release. Okay. There's bound to be somebody that like, and it did happen. 
There's bound to right. be people who post it online who quote unquote break embargoes or anything like that. I heard about that too, but I didn't really actually see any I, videos. I, I think by well, because it was either it was privated and then okay. put live again later. Gotcha. In one in one instance, there okay. are other instances gotcha. that I they actually just broke it. I don't really have any info on those. I just right. know a couple of things happened. I think by and large, breaking an embargo, no one will agree with. No one will ever agree with. Like you signed the terms to be a part of this, right? Right. Unless they found a way around it. I don't know. I uh, want to backtrack to, um, you know, embargoes and like when they first teased this phone. Uh, do you remember when certain outlets or creators had exclusive access to the pixels, but they couldn't really show anything about it? Yeah. What are your thoughts on that? That one I think is, um, it was it was odd. Right. It was odd back then because you're giving all of this information that then can't actually be shown or shared. When I think that is different than a dual embargo, because at least with the dual embargo, there were very clear things we could show. Right. And it was, again, I'm calling it the hype machine. And while the hype machine back then might have been, let's get the biggest publications and make them and give them freaking just breadcrumbs. Yeah, Yeah. They just give them breadcrumbs. That's a little bit more nefarious in my eyes. Sure. But for the rest of us, it's more like, hey, look at all these people who have the phone look forward to their content. That's what I, yeah, that's okay. what, that's how I viewed it. Fair. At least. And I said in my video, a ton of people are having con or putting content out right now. I'm so glad you came to watch mine. Look forward to all the stuff I have to say later. Yeah. And that's really how I feel like it should be looked at. Um, again, the, the wrinkle of pre-orders happened and now there's no phones to even go around anymore. Right. So if you're if 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 you waited until today, watched a review, and now you can't get a phone for a month, I get your frustration. <laughs> I'm yeah. so sorry. I wish the system were better. I do. I very. I really. I think do. that's happening not just with pixels too, though. Mm-hmm. Like I mean, with Apple stuff as well, right? You have I guess early impressions for s- certain products, and then you see ship times just dip. Yeah. To like the holidays, maybe even next year. Um, you have a great example of that right now. <laughs> exactly. You're about to get your MacBook. I, I am so excited. You were li- so earlier. You were telling us that like you showed us your your configuration. I'm not going to say you, you can share it if you want, but you were sure. literally at the airport. Like try- <laughs> I uh, listen. If my boss is listening to this, uh, just wanted to let you know I was going through security and uh, you know just I needed to order it. Um, but yeah, no, I placed an order without even honestly watching everything because once you have to go through tsa you know how tedious that is yeah um and i think when i got to the lounge to you know start working again pulled up the stream and they were like 10 minutes out from closing the show oh i was like i gotta get in i was like what do i need to know and so i was like just refreshing the apple store and once it went live I just went to the 14-inch MacBook Pro. I was like, because that's, I have the 16-inch now. I was like, I want something smaller. And I saw that they had everything in there. Like, there were no, because, you know, usually when you go for the smaller size, you don't really get every option. Yeah. There, you they gave you every option. Mm. And so I was like, max, 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 <laughs> except for the terab- uh, the eight terabytes, by the way. Um, and I just placed an order. And I was like, what did I do? <laughs> I just wasn't thinking, but... Uh, it comes tomorrow, 
So I'm very yeah. excited. Issa got one as well, and we were kvetching over it the whole morning as we were watching the MacBooks. Because right. I was the one that was saying, like, I was more than happy to give my M1 MacBook Pro 13 to Issa because I knew that even at the base model, babe, can you double check real quick on that computer how much RAM you have? <laughs> It's got to be four, right? For the what? The M1? Yeah. Eight gigs. It's eight. Eight gigs. Okay. I was like, four? Whoa. Um, No. Eight eight gigs. gigs. It was still blowing my mind when I was buying that M1 that I was getting a laptop with eight gigs and somehow I'd be okay. I was surprised because is that the Pro? Yeah. Okay. So I initially bought the M1 Air Mm -hmm. and edited an entire video on it, 4K and everything in Final Cut. Yeah. And surprisingly, it was as good as my Intel i9 16-inch MacBook Pro. Oh, my God. And and you could do it all off-plug. Yes. That was the part that blew my mind. Yes. Um, So I knew that Issa would be able to really enjoy the M1. She's a Final Cut person. Right. You're Final Cut? I am. I am. Yeah, I'm Resolve. But I wouldn't have thought about it if Resolve didn't say we support M1 already. So that's why I was like, all right, Resolve's on M1. I'm going to try it. And hey, I was you blown know, there's away. Still, there's still time to order. <laughs> Just saying. So what happened was I was gladly giving her the 13-inch MacBook Pro M1 because I knew that when the 14 was announced, I was going to think about it long and hard. I was really going to consider it. Right. Until the prices were revealed. And I realized that while the M1 made everyone think, oh, Apple created a whole new category of like very capable laptops. Sure. When you compare that to like a 16-inch Intel $3,500 laptop, yes. like, wow, this is a revelation. Yeah. But then the M1 Pro and the M1 Max come out and they just go ahead and fill that gap of pricing. Right. I I lost, I, I couldn't take it. I A $2,500 laptop to me is still overkill when I can get a PC that can do it as well. Oh, no, totally. But the way that I look at it is, will this save me time with any of my either uh, nine to five work or mm. freelance gig? It will. Mm-hmm. Right, because um, right now my i9, my MacBook Pro is just struggling for whatever reason. I don't know if it's coincidence or not, but when that keynote happened, it that, happened to her too. The, really? The, yeah. <laughs> when that keynote happened, my laptop could barely edit a TikTok video. A TikTok Apple's got video. something in these freaking laptops. I'm telling I am you. telling you, <laughs> mine is specked out. By the way, okay, it's got discrete graphics card and 32 gigs of RAM. Yeah what happened like all of a sudden it became really slow so i had to just get a new one so i'm 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 gonna be looking at that base model m1 pro that isa got it's gonna come in tomorrow ideally before noon and i'm gonna be very like i'm gonna be eagle-eyed on that thing and if i do feel like getting it i might we will see but that's a lot of money for me to put down make sure to install uh you know resolve first and yeah Absolutely. And really test it out because I've seen initial videos and they're really impressed. The the latest version, the there was model. a patch that uh, really? increased the performance fivefold wow. on M1s because they put a lot into it. Is that with M1 or M1 Pro or M1 Max? Good question. Uh, might be Pro or Max. Well, I don't know. There you go. Yeah. Uh, I got to check again. But yeah, I'm a Resolve guy, so that's just how it is. I did notice, though, on that laptop, I could comfortably edit 4K on Resolve, but I couldn't have anything else open. <laughs> interesting because I, it was an eight gig oh machine. okay fair yeah so i'm the kind of guy who has youtube playing in the little window in the corner while editing <laughs> fair I, I can't do that it always distracts me yeah same so, okay. I, I i don't know how i get through it um but yeah with the uh with these laptops we gotta talk about the ports 
Oh, the fact I'm so that excited. Pro features and all of that. What are you most excited about here? MagSafe. <laughs> I don't care about SD cards because I shoot on a Sony A7S III. Yeah. And I use CFast 8. Yeah. And it, I have a dongle for it. And I don't really care much for the HDMI port either. So MagSafe is like my <laughs> biggest thing. Which is dope. I mean, yeah. I'll take it. Like MagSafe is fun. Um, where do you land on this notch? Ooh, that's a good question. Um, so with phones and notches, right, it's obviously your entire screen. You have access to it. And I guess the notch sort of goes through the middle of the phone or like the top middle. Mm-hmm. With a laptop, especially for Macs, you have that menu bar. So the fact that that notch is like within that menu bar, it's not really going to matter as much. Um, and just like the iPhone, I feel like we'll just forget about it eventually. It's another one of those initial shocks. Yeah. And then you think about it a little bit more and you're like, well, maybe it's not going to be that big of a deal. Cause I get where some people are saying, um, I have a bunch of other, like there are a bunch of other laptops out there that have, that are all screen all the time Sure, and they don't need a notch. My Asus Zephyrus M16 is literally right there and it's one of those examples. Um, but when it comes to the, yeah, the notch is up there. It's very thin. The menu bar is there. When you render something onto the screen, full screen, it'll go below the notch. Yes. Ideally, but like sometimes it might not, but I think But mostly, that means that you'll have extra black bars mm-hmm. at the top. So it'll be uneven. True. So I don't know how you feel about that. Uh, I don't know. It's just like you said, it's one of those things that you're probably going to forget about once you're in the thick of it. Right. And I think I'd be more upset if I gamed on a mac but it's not like you can do that anyway (laughs) i mean you never know with these pros and maxes fair um there are can't you load ios apps on or what's the there's with m1 yeah can technically run ios apps yeah but they may not work very well or like input wise exactly yeah um and i'm not sure if boot camp is still a you know viable option true Oh, yeah. I never really think about the boot camp side of things because that, that used to be a cool thing to do. Right. Um, but I feel like, isn't there like a Mac Genshin impact? I don't even know. If there is, that might be the only game I play on it. Yeah. I mean, there's also Apple Arcade, right, that you can mm-hmm. download from the App Store. Uh, but even then, those games aren't really that intensive. Yeah, Right. Exactly. They're not like PC games. Yeah. So. And I think if I, was, if, if I really was playing all my PC games on a Mac... Which, <laughs> which is wild. Which would be wild. Um, I would care more. But right. I don't think I care as much because I don't. Like, yeah. I'm going to have that menu bar there while I'm editing in Resolve, and it's just going to have the, what, the file edit view. Yep, that's it. That's, <laughs> that, it. that's it. That's literally it. So I, I think that the initial shock, while, while fun to be a part of, I mean, I don't know if you saw my tweet. What, what did it say? I carved an apple to have Oh, a, my God. I saw that. <laughs> Where is that apple here, by the way? <laughs> it's not in there. Oh, okay. We, we ate it. I saw it, and I was like, of course, you would. You would. How long did that take you? Not that long. I, carving the skin off an apple is really not that It was long. a very uh, accurate representation of the notch, <laughs> I must say. My favorite part about that was that like it went like semi-viral, like 2,000, like 2000 likes great. or something. But then Unilad, Unilad yeah. their tech... Instagram. Oh, Unilad they have a tech, tech one now. Mm-hmm. Okay. Unilad Tech, um, like screen, it? screenshotted the tweet and put it on their Instagram. Oh my god! And they said this is top notch content. <laughs> oh, 
<laughs> Great. Give that man a raise. Give that man or woman a raise. <laughs> but yeah, I, 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 it wasn't even me being flippant. I just thought it was funny because the original, the initial shock is there. Like, oh my God, they did it. But yeah. then you think about it a little bit more and you're like, who cares? <laughs> Are you uh, a little disappointed that there's no face ID? Uh, a little bit because I do use Windows Hello. I love Windows Hello. Yeah. Um, but I wonder, the thing is, this is the problem I have with this whole situation. Yeah. They never say why. They never legitimately say why. Of course. Is why it, would they? Well, yeah, but what? <laughs> <laughs> why would they? <laughs> like, is it just because you can't fit the tech in there or is it a security issue or why? Because this is the reason why I want to know. If they won't put it in there because it's a security risk, should I not be using Windows Hello? Well, I think Windows Hello and Face ID are completely different. Fair, like but like, I guess like on, on principle, should I not be using, you know what I mean? Like, right, right. Yeah, on principle, should I not be using Face Unlock? I love Face ID and, I mean, Windows Hello. I have a Surface Laptop 4 and uh, a Razer Blade 14 that's got Windows nice. Hello. yeah. And I'm like, this is honestly so nice. Mm-hmm. I'm sure, like, Touch ID is great. It's fine. But, like, opening up a laptop and just... Having it unlock right away, game changer. Yeah, I agree right? with that. So, uh, try to think if there's anything else on there. Like mini LED display is nice. Promotion is fine. Again, we're not gaming on here, so I am excited uh, to see how much brighter the screens are mm. uh, without an HDR content. Because I think the 16-inch MacBook Pro that I have, I think only only goes up to like 625 nits. I think the new ones are at like a thousand plus, mm-hmm. right? So I'm excited to see how much brighter that actually is. Do you actually like put it under sunlight at a cafe or something? Well, like I, weird, but um, I love <laughs> editing at max brightness. Oh, okay. I don't know why. I mean, it's probably bad for my eyes. <laughs> it probably is. Uh, but I, I just need it. Yeah. Because I love coloring mm-hmm. and I want the most accurate colors. Yeah. Right. I don't like editing with dim screens. Well, again, like very fun to see your workflow and to know that you do Thank all of you. that stuff. Yeah, man. Cause it's just, <laughs> I'm over here just trying to optimize a workflow. And like you'll notice over on my desk, I have three different cameras you do? from three different companies. Oh and I've, God. I've put in a lot of work to, to, to fine tune the color profiles yeah. so that they're even somewhat matching. Is there a reason why you went with three different manufacturers? Like no, OEMs? they're just the cameras that I've had. Okay. Like I've always been a Panasonic guy, but I don't have more than one right. capable Panasonic. Sure. And before I went full frame, I went Olympus because they're... Yeah, of course. I remember. Yeah. I, I remember. The Olympus... <laughs> I still love the Olympus cameras. Like, and I gave you a very weird look. I'm like, Olympus. <laughs> hmm, where, where are we? 2005? <laughs> I still adore the Olympus cameras. And then the ZV-1 is just like my pocket camera. So like, yeah. um, the, really, if I were to take a Pixel or an iPhone and, and uh, judge its video capabilities, yes. it would kind of be up against the ZV-1. Okay. I wouldn't compare it to a full frame. I wouldn't compare it to your A7S III. Yeah. The ZV-1 would probably be the one that I'm like, can I put this one away? Can Fair. I leave the ZV-1 at home and just use my phone? You know, um, I don't know if you know who Patrick Tommaso. Tommaso? Mm-hmm. He's texting me several times saying like, hey, did you notice my top down's shot with an iPhone? I was like, no, it's not. He's like, yeah, it's like the easiest like rig that I've had. Oh, wow. Yeah. And it's, it works great with his Fuji. Um, he somehow managed to color correct both of them. That's another one. Cause Issa's got the Fuji XS10. Yeah. I love Fuji. Oh my God. What a fun little camera. And I I have 
uh, I don't know. I've I've always loved Fuji's and the colors and the picture profiles that they have. If only they made a full frame camera, I'd go back. But once you go full frame, man, it's hard. It's hard. It's hard to go back to Super 35 is fine, but like full frame is just a You know what? I just piece. remembered your A7S3. There's only one feature. Well, okay. Aside from better stabilization, okay. there's only one feature that yours is missing that I can't really live without. Okay. What is it? APS-C mode. Because I do like I do like okay, the ability fair, to crop fair, in a little. Fair. Because that twenty four millimeter lens at any point becomes my favorite when I wanted to, which is a thirty five millimeter lens. Yes, you're right. Yeah. Um, however, yeah, I don't think Sony makes. It's yeah. really just the nature of that sensor. That's really why. I don't think even their A seven four has four K one twenty. Oh, oh, that's the where new one that just came out. I don't yeah. think it has 4K 120, so yeah, it's not even so that much better in terms of video than the E7S3. Yeah. So you're right. I mean, APS-C mode is a game changer too. It can be. Like However, that's a, that's However, yeah. the A7S3 has software stabilization where you can import any footage that you want that you shot with the camera and use the gyro inside the camera and stabilize it. And it's insane. Which is a whole other layer that I didn't really dive into. Yeah. I think the ZV-1 has it too. Yeah, the ZV-1 has it. The A7C has it. I never really dove into it that far. And I know it's there. I just haven't used it. Then again, look at where it is. It's just literally sitting on a thing. <laughs> like, yeah. I'm not moving that ZV-1. <laughs> hey, I mean, you know, I think, I think the goal is to uh, have all your cameras match in the future. Oh, sure. It's going to make your workflow so much easier. I agree. And I'm hoping that Panasonic's upcoming GH6... Better autofocus? Rumor has it. Yes. Better autofocus? Yeah. Rumor wow. has it that it might, they might just finally like bite the bullet and go face detect. Wow. They might. Was, was there a reason why they didn't? They were... Okay, so their autofocus... I love that we're getting in the weeds for the last 10 minutes of this episode. <laughs> That's hilarious. Um, the... <laughs> This always happens, uh, especially when I have someone new on the show. Yeah, our conversations devolve into what they usually devolve to. Anyway, um, the autofocusing system that Panasonic created still holds the the, the crown for right. being the fastest single point autofocus system okay. ever made. So for photography, it's impeccable. Yeah, it's still the fastest autofocus system. But for video, they've done their best to adapt it to video. It has never been as good as face detect. It just hasn't. Dang. So they have to figure out where their where their priorities lie, and I think what's going to happen: the GH line, being the video hybrid line, will get face detect, and the G line will keep the contrast based um, autofocus. <clears throat> so I think that's where they're going to go with it. Okay. But this is all rumors. This is all speculation. I have no info. When is that coming out? The GH6? Middle of next year. Wow. That's yeah. still far. It's far. Damn. <laughs> Damn, that is far. So well, I don't by know. By then, we'll probably have like an A7R5 <laughs> and an A7S4. Maybe so. <laughs> but yeah, we'll see. Like, I'm still a Panasonic fanboy. I'm, I make no bones about it. I, I mean, absolutely. to be fair, their lenses are so yeah. affordable. Yeah. Especially in, especially in Micro Four Thirds land. Yeah. Yeah. And I love like the selections that you guys have. Mm -hmm. um, like especially using Voigtlander lenses too. Man. I still have one. I am going to sell it though. Yeah. I just it's just not like. Is it just because it's manual? Kind of, sort of. Like okay. as a B roll, as a B roll yeah. lens, it's great. Yeah. But do I use it as much for that? Probably no. not. Exactly. Okay. I have other lenses for that. 
Yeah. So it was fun while it lasted. Okay. <laughs> Shouts out to the homie Dom Esposito. He's the one who originally <laughs> sold me that lens. <laughs> um, but I gotta I gotta sell it back out and get a little bit of money back. There Before you go. we get too far with all of this, okay. because we are already like near the end of the show. Mark, thank you so much for being on. Of course. This is so dope. Great to have like you were the you, we were telling you earlier, you're basically the first visitor in this renovated office. Dude, I am so honored to be here. This is beautiful. Yeah, man. I'm very, I'm like, I give Issa all the credit. It was, this was all her. Great job, doing. Issa. <laughs> this is all her inspiration and in doing. Uh, but with that said, um, again, thank you. And we will get into the outro starting now. A big thanks once again to Mark for being on the show. All of the links for him and myself across the interwebs are found in the show notes. PocketNow is found at PocketNow.com for the latest headlines. You can also find us on social media at PocketNow. And then head over to the YouTube channel at YouTube.com slash PocketNow for video content that's coming out basically every single day. With all that said, I'm going to go ahead and call it on this one. Uh, Thank you so much for listening to this episode of the PocketNow Weekly Podcast. I promise pretty soon we will get back to a regular schedule with this podcast. For now, though, we're just trying to keep our heads above water with all of the tech that is incessantly coming out. With that said, however, we will see you in our next episode.